Okay, first, first Star Trek, right? Yes. Okay, so here are my thoughts on Star Trek. Okay. Because I've been watching this lately and I've been thinking about it. And I think one of the things that bothers me about a lot of sci-fi is that we don't take stuff into space with us, life from Earth with us. I feel like if there's a spaceship that has what like replicators and all this crap that you see in Star Trek, I think we would actually want to have potted plants and uh, pet dogs and things like that. I've always been surprised at the lack of nature on those ships. Um, well, not always. It's something I think about more and more now that I'm locked inside and I've got this <laughs> desire to get out. Yeah. I I mean, I get it. I mean, if so, I've been thinking about Star Trek a lot as well because I started re-watching uh, Star Trek Voyager after watching a bunch of Next Generation and watching Picard. So I've been thinking mm-hmm. about Star Trek quite a bit. There are, like, so it depends, right? Like, do we, do we want to talk, like, like, actual lore shit? Because... Those ships get more and more, like, military ships as it goes along, I guess. Because they've got, like, mm-hmm. a they've got like a botany zone on the Enterprise in Next Generation. I remember that. And, like, mm-hmm. doesn't Chief O'Brien's wife, like, take care of that or something in my head? I feel like that was a thing. And they do, like, they have, like, in Voyager, Neelix is always, like, growing shit. Because their replicators don't work, I guess. Although that is true. Like, why would they not have more things? Because on Enterprise, the captain has a dog. I know that much. When you mentioned that, I was like... Yeah, on Enterprise, he has a beagle with him on the ship. And it's the first time I think I'd ever... Oh, and Data has a cat. Like, I remember that as well. Data has Spot. That's... I do remember that, yes. So there's, like, two pets? But I know what you mean. It feels like if you're going to have, like... Because the Enterprise has families on it. You feel like you would see more, like, more stuff. Pets, yeah. More pets. And, like, if you went on 10 forward, there'd be, like, plants and paintings and stuff. <laughs> it, it looks kind of clean, I guess. Can you repli- Can replicators replicate life? Like, could you replicate a pet? I bet you can't. I bet there's a thing about that. I bet that's weird. Because then at that point, are you like, can you just replicate a person? And it gets into... Because isn't yeah. that actually what a transporter kind of is? Like it, I don't know. Doesn't it break apart all your atoms and then reconstitute them somewhere else? So I don't know. I don't know the lore that deeply. But I mean, if you think about the ramifications of you can teleport anything from anywhere to any... Well, no, you can't. There's a distance there. That's right. I mean, I, I feel like the thing you can't replicate, so like a living creature, like a something as simple as like a fish. Because mm. like, some people want to have pet fish, right? If you can't replicate pet fish, then pet fish suddenly become extremely valuable in this society. I would think pets would be extreme, almost like a status symbol. Like they'd be extremely valuable because it's the one thing you can't just create on demand. Yeah, plus I wonder how those ships are... Because I guess like the thing at the moment is they're like... It's like weight and fuel and air are all the reasons that you couldn't just be like, can I just take my dog to the space station? Because they'd be like, no, because that will, everything costs money. Every time you breathe, it costs us money. So, no. like, <laughs> So, the dog breathing is not as important to us. Yeah. Well, then, then it would become like a status symbol. Because if you think about it, rich people, if you can just create gold, mm. then that's no longer a status symbol. But if, like, it's absorbently, if it's ridiculous to have, like, a pet elephant because they poop a lot and they breathe mm-hmm. a lot, then rich people will obviously have a pet elephant. Because, like, that, you need some kind of status symbol. That's just how people are. Um, whereas, like, then there'll be, like, the poor people pets, will be, which will be the ones that don't poop a lot and don't breathe a lot because they don't consume as many resources. There's probably got to be a tax on pets, too, if you're going to have, like, families on these space stations and things. Probably. I mean, that this is a thing that Picard seemed to just, like, forget. But that there's no, like, they don't have money in, in the Federation future. So technically, there shouldn't be like rich or poor people. Oh. It's, it's are they? All... They're like socialists, or no? Like, like all... I, I think just replicators solved that shit. Like you don't, you can just do anything at this point. Like you, it's not difficult to get basic need stuff. Therefore, it's like you can just. I uh-huh. guess it is kind of socialist. It must be right. Like to a point where people will just do stuff for each other. But they don't have money. Yeah. I know that much. I remember that from Star Trek, that money's gone. Because I remember that annoying me in Picard 
where that one lady's having a go at Picard because she's like, you living in your mansion all rich and I'm here doing drugs for some reason in a hut. And it was like, what? But there's no money. Why would you be mad Is at there- him? That doesn't jive, because, like, I'll admit, I haven't watched Star Trek since I was, like, a, like I grew up on this, but I thought yes. the Ferengi were all about money. Well, that's right? it, right? Like, because I always, I've been wondering that re-watching stuff, because, like, the Ferengi are all about money, and, like, so does, is seemingly every race, except, like, humans and the Vulcans and a few others that are just like, we don't have that anymore. But then when dealing with the Ferengi, the humans will worry about gold press latinum. But wouldn't that just be like a fun little like, ha I guess I got some of this now. Like, it'd be like having Overwatch tokens or something. Like, it wouldn't, yeah. super, it wouldn't oh, be important. Also, like, if you can just create gold press latinum with like, I assume you can just create it, right? There must be a thing for that. There must be a law thing for that. Because, yeah, surely you could just replicate it. But then there must be, I bet there's something for that. They were smart. Kinda. Those people writing that, they must yeah. have had a whole reason for that. I feel like if you reach a re- if you reach a point where you can replicate something you're willing to eat, you mm. gotta be able to replicate basic metals, right? Like that's <laughs> you must be. But then, how mm. big a replica is? Because now I'm thinking about it. Like she was having a go at Picard about having a fancy house, and I'm like, well, there's no money in the future, so why are we talking about disparity between rich and poor? But then again, how are they building houses and how big do these replicators get? Like, I guess someone at some point, because they have to put ships together. I know that much. People have to build them. They've shown that. But like, Mm. yeah, why? Huh. So, yeah, it does seem weird that they would make this replicator technology and only use it for food. They must use it for other stuff, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I should, we should look into this more, Gwen. But I I am, I am fully on board with more star trek chat i mean i started watching babylon 5 recently and i've never seen that before and it's a whole other can of which one interest. was that i'm trying to i think i've seen it but i don't remember it. it it's the one where they're on a big sort of uh i can only describe it as anal bead looking space station <laughs> Mm. I couldn't think of anything else that it looked like. I was like, well, that's all your brain's coming up with. There's a <laughs> there's a guy called Garibaldi who looks a lot like Bruce Willis to the point that it's like, it feels like they really wanted to cast Bruce Willis in that role. They've got right, the... Just, oh, go ahead. I need to Google this. No, keep yeah. going. Look up Garibaldi from, from uh, Babylon 5 because it's like, wow, they really wanted Bruce Willis. <laughs> but like... Um, there's the alien race with like the crest and like they're bald and there's the dude with the big the big hair and he's bald and like a lizard dude i'm only like six episodes in and i've never seen it before yeah i've seen some of this at one point it was good i don't know why i've like i completely forgotten it well like i it's a thing that's never really like i couldn't find it on any streaming services and i don't remember it being repeated i remember it being on tv at the time and I think I just, because it used CGI as opposed to Star Trek, which used, like, physical models, it looked kind of crappier, even though they mm. could do more ambitious things. Like, this was TV CGI budget at the time, so it did not look great. And it was, like, 1994, so <laughs> it wasn't hot. But, yeah, this was yeah. forgettable. There was another one, Andromeda, that I kind of actually liked the first Andromeda? Episodes, and Andromeda got, wasn't bad. Away. Yeah, like, I was, I didn't know why that one didn't take off. Farscape Weird. was good. We could talk about more 90s sci-fi because that's some good we 90s could. sci-fi. We should probably start the podcast. People are going to wonder what the hell. Like, can we include this in the podcast? Can we agree to just include the sci-fi tangent we went on <laughs> on the podcast? Like, are we? Because I'll see I'm, if this makes the edit. Well, let's let's try to get this in the edit because uh, <laughs> I really want people to understand how important. <laughs> I feel like it's part of our brand. I, think I feel so. like we can. Yeah, yeah, that's part of our brand. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, I, and at some point, Gwen, when we start the Star Trek podcast, which you know, should we spin off a whole oh separate God. podcast just to discuss Star Trek? You don't even know how much I'd love that, Gwen. Just like, meeting thirsty about Chakotay for like, dude, Chakotay's <laughs> getting. I was watching Voyager. I think I even messaged you and was like, God, everyone's so horny in this show. <laughs> like, I know. I'm, well, it's. I just. I mean, it was. I watched that during my formative years. And there was this like. There was all, I don't know how to explain it, that, that relationship where Janeway is 
Jamie can't do anything like she can't. They can never pursue a relationship. No. Jamie and Chakotay, no. obviously, you know, that, chain of, chain of command. It. But you know they want to. That's like, intention. You know, he he's intention like like he's attentive. He they care for each other. Like it's there. It's just mm. there. Hundred mm. percent. Obvious. Mm. And uh, yeah, there's a lot. Like I I was just watching the first, I was on series one and it's like they've been away from Earth for a month and already like Tom Paris is like getting accused of murdering someone so he could make out with an alien lady. It was like, <laughs> it's like, how? Well, it, like he can't keep his eyes off her. She walks in the room and he's like, oh my God. And I'm like, it's been like a <laughs> month, dude. <laughs> like, chill. Well, I mean, it's not just that though. It's like, it's the combination. It, it's how I feel about the coronavirus. Like, yeah, it's only been three months, but it's, is this ever going to end? There's no light yes. in this tunnel. And, yeah. and that's how it is. It's like, wow, we're away from earth. We may always be away from earth. Am I ever going to, you know, see anyone? <laughs> Other than the, Ensign Kim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I can understand that. They're, the loneliness of being off in space. You can't, mm. you know, pursue a relationship with your co-workers. No. This is the only... Voyager's probably the only series in the Star Trek franchise where I can totally understand being way horny for, for alien races. True. It really makes sense in the canon of... <laughs> I guess it makes sense. In the I narrative guess it makes of sense. This. It does, actually. Yeah. Now you're talking about it. I'm like, eh, that, that adds up. Like, oh, a Neelix is a piece of shit. Like, it, yeah, <laughs> I, for, I forgot I was, how bad Neelix was. I'm surprised you liked him so much. Yeah. Like. Because we've talked about this in the past, and you were always a big fan of Neelix. And I'm like, Neelix is kind of a dick. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was defending the idea of Neelix. In my head, from when I watched it the first time, Neelix was just like, it's like, he's just a happy-go-lucky guy, and everyone's mad at him. Like, it, I defended him in the same way I defend Jar Jar Binks, where I'm like... Binks is just there. Have a good time, guys. Don't blame Binks. Blame, blame the writers. But, like... Mm -hmm. But I'm rewatching it. And, like, Tom Paris, like, says, Oh, hello. To, uh... Oh, I've forgotten her name. That's really annoying. The short-haired blonde. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I know. Says hello. Tess. Kess. Kess. That's it. Says hello to her. And he goes insane with jealousy. Like, he's mad at her and, like, won't talk to her and treats her really bad. And this is something that keeps happening. And I was like, oh, this was just a thing for for him. And no one's going to go like, whoa, what are you doing? Like, this isn't... Don't hang out with him. He's awful to you. <laughs> like, he's a really horrible little guy. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I've been rewatching Voyager as well. So, you know. What Star Trek have this you been good. watching, or have you just been thinking about it? No, I, I um, no, I only thought about it because you brought up Star Trek. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like I, I haven't really thought about. Star I haven't watched it in years. I mean, I did start watching Picard. I, we're on like, um, shoot, maybe episode five of that. I, I know we haven't finished this the season. Uh, we just kind of like fell off of it for some reason. It's not good. That's why you fell. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to say it because a lot of people love it, but I got up to the, the one episode which is like, that you should feel nostalgia now. And mm. I was like, I don't. No. I was like, <laughs> also, no. Also, why is Picard being such a dick all the time? Like, why is know. he starting shit for like no reason? It just seems like the whole point of the... Are you talking about when he goes to that Romulan bar and he's just, they're like, no, no, yeah, no, oh, Romulan's only. And he just throws the sign on the ground and is like, what's up? And then Axel's surprised yeah. and people get mad at him. And then he's got his ninja friend kill everybody. He's like, good. Like, no, fucking, what? Why are you rolling up into this place? We're starting shit, then acting like the victim. It's like, oh, God, Picard, I get fuck it. off. I don't get it. I don't get why that one Romulan is an elf. Like, why does he have a sword? Like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, what's up with that? Yeah, I don't know. That's, this whole thing. Just, uh, it just didn't resonate with me. I didn't hit it. Didn't didn't hit the buttons. Didn't. Nah, I've watched all of it, good. and nah, it don't get any better, in my opinion. But anyway, that's for the Star Trek podcast. But you know, if one yeah, okay. person says we should do it, then I will try and make that happen fervently because I could talk just, about Star Trek all day. I mean, it's just I, I don't have the time to go back and rewatch it. I'm busy working on stuff. Oh, you are actually. Before we get into it, so obviously. You know, <laughs> Star Trek aside, now we're like 15 minutes into the show. Uh, <laughs> there's been a PlayStation 5 announcement. Uh, oh, before we get into that, I just wanted to ask, because you, you're busy. How, how is your game going? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's going well. Um, I mean, 
development on the new game is going well. Another big thing that's happening this week is I've put a demo of Kine up on Steam. Oh. So this podcast launches usually on Monday. Mm -hmm. The Steam Festival starts on Tuesday. And in that, you can play Kine. Uh, like, there's a demo of Kine. There's also... I've, I just set up, a, like, a little event with um, Alan Hazelton and Corey Martin. Oh, nice. So we're going to, like... Because uh, Kine is... There's a demo for Kine. There's a demo for another 3D puzzle game called Bonfire Peaks. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a demo for another 3D puzzle game called A Monster's Expedition. <clears throat> and we're all friends, like the three of us. And these are all kind of like 3D puzzle games inspired by Sokoban, which is a nerdy block pushing. <laughs> it's a mm -hmm. genre of block pushing puzzle games. Uh, so the three of us are kind of teaming up and we're promoting each other's games. And we're going to do like a big thing where we all stream playing each other's games on Saturday Dude, next week. That's great. Oh, this is why you were asking about streaming to Steam. Ah. Yeah, so I'm going to try to stream to Steam and stream to, to Twitch at the same time and we'll play each other's games and hang out and talk about, just go real deep nerd on like puzzle game development in general. Dude, that's great. That's all planned. Yeah, I'm excited for that. So yeah, that's cool. So that, that will be on the Tuesday of... Uh, the week that this comes out which will be the 16th uh yeah the demo will be available on the 16th i recommend you play all three games and then hang out and talk with them uh, with us about them on saturday oh so the the actual event thing is happening next saturday oh that's cool so that's the 20th yeah. uh yeah that's probably true that sounds about <laughs> right <laughs> uh, the yes. the games are available for a week starting on tuesday um, ah. As part of like Steam's having a bunch of uh, an online festival where you can like play a bunch of different demos of games. So oh, it's cool. meant to, to replace like packs. Yeah. It's an interesting idea. Uh, you can go, you can play a bunch of demos of games, wishlist them. Um, it's a way to, to get the word out about your game. Mm. Uh, it's available for everybody that's releasing a game on Steam in the next year. Oh, nice. That is cool. Like that was an idea. I think I remember seeing that like a little while back where they were like, Rather than just play the demos on the show floor, here are some on Steam. If you're at home, you can still play. And that seems like a really good idea. Yeah. I'm interested to see how it goes. I mean, it's not as personal as a as having a game in a show. It doesn't have that kind of local feel. Um, there's something about being there physically and talking to a developer physically. There's something about talking to somebody face-to-face -face that mm. this new normal is not replicating, at least not for me. Um I, it's great to talk to people on video chat. It's great to, for things, events like this where you're streaming, um, that's cool, but it's still like, setting even aside the face-to-face -face thing not being something I think you can ever really truly replace, the, when we're streaming to people, there's a, a an unevenness to it where, we're there talking to each other and then people in the chat are like second class citizens. You didn't have to get up and put on pants and like come and talk to me face to face and we're not talking as equals. You're like throwing ideas into a chat kind of semi-anonymously, uh, right? Mm. And so it doesn't quite have that personal feel where you feel like you're connecting to the fans, at least as a developer. I do miss shows sometimes for that. Um, yeah, I agree. And I, yeah, I just, I don't think... Like, I'm, I miss shows. I know, logically, you don't get a lot of uh, sales off of shows, necessarily. It's always better to do stuff online. You reach way more people, and that's what matters at the end for sales. But there's something motivational about shows, and there's something about meeting your super fans. To, to see a person face-to-face -face and to have them mention that they listen to this podcast, that means mm -hmm. a lot, you know? Um, oh, I completely agree. You know, yeah. So, so whatever, there's going to be a, a, so whatever. I'm really grateful that we're going to have a, an whatever. online festival. This is happening now, I guess. Whatever. New normals. <laughs> Festivals are online now. We have to deal with it. No, but like, it's, it is good. It is a good thing. It will probably result in a lot more, um, people knowing about kind than say having a PAX would have resulted in it. Right. It's true. Uh, so it, it is like a net, like a, a good possibly an upgrade from like a PAX, but it's just not the same, I guess. Oh, dude, totally. It was always really cool. Like people coming up when the most recent one we did PAX East, there was a few occasions where people came up and was like, oh, is Gwen here? And I saw her give this talk at this specific place 
and it was amazing and stuff. And if you weren't there, and I'd be like, oh, she'll be back in a bit. But, you know, it was always really cool just to have those moments of people being able to come up to you specifically and be like, hi, I think you're cool. I'd like to ask you questions. Yeah. I, and we'll, we'll never really replace that, that face-to-face thing that uh, even if it was an even dynamic, I don't, I don't know. But it's exciting and it's cool and I'm excited to be a part of this. Uh, and this isn't, to, to be fair, this isn't the first time Steam's done like an online festival. I just think this will be the biggest one because it's the first one that's like replacing yeah. <laughs> actual festivals, you know. So I suspect this will um, be a, I don't know. I, the other thing is the press are far more likely to write about an event that they have to physically go to and participate in. I don't think we're going to get press articles off of the Steam Festival. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe just because there are no physical festivals. That, I mean, there's all the streams that are going on at the moment and there's a lot more than usual. So you've yeah. got that going on. But like, you might just because they won't be going to any like <laughs> any things this year. So who knows? True. It also depends also, who takes part in it and stuff like that. Yeah, and I guess another the other side of that it's like really who cares about the traditional print media press like the people who will the press that will participate in the steam festival is the streamers so maybe that's more interesting anyways it's yeah i mean that 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 and like more digital press in general with youtubers being just as big if not bigger than a lot of youtube presences of more established media outlets and stuff so you know Mm -hmm. there's a lot there yeah this will be interesting. Yeah. Uh, speaking of interesting, you, you watched the PlayStation 5 thing as well, right? Yeah, I watched it. What? And I watched the PC Gamer Show yesterday, most of it at least. I didn't see the PC Gamer Show. I saw the Future Games Show last night, but I missed the PC Gamer Show. Purely because I normally always miss the PC Gamer Show, because I think I watched the first one and was like, wow, this is not interesting me at all <laughs> and so i've just gone ah, i won't bother watching them but i heard this one was all right or good i don't i don't to be honest i was like busy during the time and i went back later and watched all the trailers and that was like yeah. my big takeaway was the trailers I, because that's i'm yeah. mostly interested in the games that are coming out and that sort of thing yeah and before i get to the playstation i just want to say the future games festival which was done by future publishing i think games radar was like the main one was actually kind of interesting in that they ran it like a media outlet. So you had trailers. I think they had a couple of voice actors were doing the presenting. And they also interspersed it with interviews with developers on specific topics. Like, what what do you think the future of video games is going to be? Where do you think X, Y, or Z is going and stuff? Which is actually really interesting. Like it got to those bits. I was like, oh, you don't normally get this in the middle of like a trailer fest. Like something actually kind of thought provoking. So that was cool. I quite liked a slightly different spin on the exclusive reveal trailer fest. But yeah, PS5. PS5. So um, what are your initial thoughts? Uh, so I guess... We can either take it game by game, or we can just talk about ones that stood out. Uh, well, this one, I think you should lead on this one, because this one, all the other Sony shows were meant for developers, and mm. this one was meant for consumers. So I think yes. it's actually more important to hear what you think. Okay. I have some thoughts, but I want to wait. Cool. So, um, so most of the games that I found interesting or was like that looks cool were all indie games i i don't think i'm gonna look because i i made like a list i don't think any of the big games oh other than deathloop actually deathloop looks interesting and that's made by arcane which i would say that is a triple a game but other than that not many of them particularly like i didn't there was nothing i saw that i thought this looks terrible but there was also a lot of stuff that I just thought, I'll never play that. Like Ratchet and Clank. I was like, I'm not going to play Ratchet and Clank. Mm-hmm. I don't dislike Ratchet and Clank, but I that's not for me. Gran Turismo so Ratch- 7. <laughs> Probably not. Ratchet and Clank is interesting. That's the one game on there that was really 
So I, I think among the developer community, a big mm. complaint is not any of these games were really leveraging the tech that that Sony's pushing. They don't look stunningly beautiful compared to last gen. They don't. Um, they're not leveraging the fact that you can immediately load environments really quickly mm. uh, because of the SSD stuff. And the one game that did do that was Ratchet and Clank. You can immediately jump from one environment to another. And I'm like, cool. Who gives a shit? Like that's not um yeah. that's a thing that's interesting technically, but I don't think consumers saw that and thought, wow, that's game changing. I can be from nope. one environment to another really fast. I don't think consumers picked up on that at all. I didn't until I read about it in your Discord and people were saying, That's interesting. And I was like, Oh, oh yeah, I guess it is. Like it didn't <laughs> I I just thought I I literally thought nothing of that at all. I just saw yeah. it and went like there they are. Because for some reason, that doesn't seem game-changing to me. The fact that I can be in a different place. I was like, mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> yeah. We have cool tech, and there's going to be people that figure out how to use it. Um, and the, the other thing is, the one of the things I'd heard that was really exciting about the new next-gen was the haptic feedback on the triggers of the controller. It's supposed yes. to feel amazing. And they didn't see anything there that would, looked like it would leverage that at all, and they didn't really play that up at all. No, they kind of mentioned it in the little sizzle reel of what it looks like, but they none loved... of. Oh, dude, that sizzle reel was hilarious because it was like, "Pew, this has USB." Pew, yeah. haptic. Feel. Like, wait, did you just advertise that you got a USB? Did they advertise connection? that they got like a headset? Wait, there's a headset you can buy. I was like, it looks like a headset. I was like, wow, <laughs> no way, a headset? You're kidding me. Get out of here with that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, sorry. Uh, but I wish I wish I saw stuff that leveraged that in a more interesting... Mm. Like, I want to see games that leverage this tech in an interesting way. You know what I mean? Uh, it's almost like a... Ratchet & Clank feels like a, a tech demo. It's like, okay, what can we do with this? We can, um, we can load environments, so therefore we're going to load environments. It's Ratchet & Clank, but you load environments. It's like, okay, but what if... I feel like there's somebody who's create what it, what bold interesting vision um can that we couldn't do before can we do now or what what can we come up with I don't know yeah, I don't know like, what I've got with here I just oh, didn't dude, feel like that that I, didn't hit it for me No I agree on any of it because I didn't see anything at all that is not coming out on the PC or the PS4 also that I actually wanted to play it was just like all right so like uh Stray looked super cool. The 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 robots and the cat. Uh, yeah, that looked awesome. Yeah, I, I saw that. that. And I was like, "Fucking a!" That uh, Kenna, uh, Kena, I think it's called. I forget mm-hmm. the full title of it. I've got it written down here somewhere, so I'm gonna get that right. I know, I know exactly. Bridge of Spirits. Yeah, like that looked really nice. That w- that was one of the one of the first ones I saw. That I was like, "Oh, that looks nice." You got the little little uh, little spirit buddies that like hang out with you and help and like grab enemies and shit i was like that look that looks cool that death loop looked great like i saw death loop and was like i i think we'd seen a trailer for that before maybe at e3 last year i want to say or something because i feel like i've yeah. seen that game before but it looked really good it to me it took the looks like a much bigger game now yeah it does uh, like so it it kind of just to talk about death loop uh it took so my problem I was trying to think, like, why did I not get on with Dishonored when everything about that is something I should like? And I feel like it was the the main way I enjoyed interacting with that game, which is running through and shooting stuff, like, which, you know, is the main interaction. But you can also do stealth, which felt kind of not as fun to me. What? Uh, to me. I don't know. Most people loved it. But to me, I was just like, this just doesn't... It didn't feel fun like i was just like mm, okay but that Oof. was but the one i wanted to do was the bad one and so <laughs> i was like oh so the world's full of rats now because i <laughs> i enjoy this mechanic <laughs> it's like that sucks so to me i was just like this looks like i'm not gonna feel like i'm doing the game wrong by playing it in a way i wanted to play it so like i like playing it about. wrong <laughs> playing it wrong but then like what like i don't know it's a to get you out of t- Whatever. I loved Dishonored. Oh, most people did. And I I could never connect what it was that I didn't 
that made me not keep playing it. And I think it was that I didn't enjoy the stealth elements and that the bit I that liked would... was the bad bit. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that would make you not enjoy that game. I can see that. So yeah, Deathloop looked like it was like all the cool, all the stuff I liked, everything about it, but there wasn't an element of like, but don't do the bit that looks fun. So yeah, and a very interesting aesthetic. It's it, this is a dive different from other arcane games. I wonder. I think there's two arcane studios. There's one down in um, oh, really? Texas, and there's one out in, in France. Is it? I don't remember. But I they've got two studios. I think so. I think this must be whatever studio does not typically do Dishonored because the art style, the vibe, and the feel is unique and beautiful. Um, yeah. I'm not saying Dishonored had a, a an art style and a, a, a feel as well, but it was just very different and probably a lot more uh, expected versus this. I don't yeah. know how else to put it. No, I'd agree. This has, a, this has a very unique look to it, and mm -hmm. I like the idea that someone else who is an actual person is hunting you while you're trying to hunt down AI controlled targets. That's kind yeah. of fun. Like I'm like, ooh, interesting. So yeah, there, there was some cool stuff in there. Uh, Little Devil Inside looked like its trailer looked real nice. Like yeah, I was, that looked cool. I don't um, know what the game is, but I'm into it. Like way yeah, into it without knowing the game at all. That was it. I was like, I wonder what I actually do. But I just watched the trailer. I was like, oh yeah, trailer look good so i was into that yeah. but that that has a this is very sony just beautiful <laughs> interesting looking games not leading with the gameplay like yeah. nintendo leads with the gameplay right yeah nintendo's like here's the game here's what it uh, does you don't need four yeah. hours of mario explaining what's happening Let's just show Mario actually, doing stuff. Well, the fucked up thing is when you actually play a Nintendo game, there is always like an absurd amount of cutscenes in the beginning, yeah. right? Like, but they don't do that in the trailers. Uh, the trailers are like, here's the game that you will eventually get to. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Sony's like, look at how beautiful this is. What is this? Who cares? Look at how beautiful this is. And that's how they, they market their games. Uh, so we'll see what the actual games are. Yeah. Like, you know. Well, to me, there was a ton of stuff that I was just like, uh, I left it just being like, I guess I don't, I guess I'm not going to get a PlayStation 5 when it comes out because the things that like particularly interested me, like Deathloop and Stray and stuff, when I looked them up, I was like, oh, that's either going to be, it's a Sony exclusive in as much as it's on the PS5 and the PS4, or mm -hmm. it's not an exclusive at all and it will be on the PC. So that, uh, it is interesting. So I, I think you might, I, I when you are a hardcore gamer, I mm. hate that word. Let me try again. When you are, um, <clears throat> we're in the industry, right? Like we, we, we're very connected and we're up to date on stuff. And we bought, yeah. obviously have both consoles and PCs. But what you find is console gamers, like the most console gamers largely stay in their lane and do not play PC games. So the kinds of people yeah. that would be buying, the, there's a reason why console exclusivity alone works. Because like... Mm -hmm. The yes, there is a, a large market of people who have both console and PC, especially in the West. But the vast or the the majority of console gamers only play console games and do not play PC games. Totally. And so for them, Deathloop being um, not on the Xbox, like there's a lot of people out there who are thinking, "Am I going to buy the Xbox or am I going to buy the PlayStation?" Yes. Like I'm, and for them, Deathloop, that's the that's yeah. who Sony and Microsoft is targeting right now. 100%. I'm aware that, like, I was thinking this the other day as well. Like, I've only got a PC that can play video games because of my job. Like, they got it for me so I could do my job. And I was like, all right, cool. So I, I wouldn't have that were it not for, like, someone getting it for me. So, like, <laughs> I'm aware <laughs> that I'm very lucky to be able to be like, well, I guess I don't need this thing because I can play these video games already. But, like, yeah, it was definitely, I think, I don't know, maybe it's a thing of getting older. Or, I don't know. But I definitely just thought the only reason I would buy this would just be for the sake of it. There, there's there would If this is the launch lineup that they were showing off, then yeah. there there is nothing there that makes me go, oh, God, I get that. I don't think it's you getting older. I think it's that the market is extremely saturated with games. You can mm. be very picky. 
there's already a lot of games on PC that are scratching the itch that you have. Yeah. I know for me, like, I look at the console. The problem for me is that I play mostly strategy puzzle games, games that are typically uh, mouse and keyboard anyway. Mm. So, like, to I'll buy these consoles because I should because I'm a game developer. Mm. <laughs> I yeah. gotta keep up. But, like, they don't have my favorite games. Um, they have the games they do have, like, um, the... The, these there are similar games called different things on pc already uh, there's no mm. reason to buy every console and and also have a good top-end pc anymore because there are so many games and the biggest games will be on all three which also just means that the cons whatever the consoles do as far as like awesome shit with my haptic controller um doesn't matter because the biggest games the ones that have the most money involved like back behind them the the ones that are those are going to be multi-platform and won't take advantage of those features anyway mm. it, it yeah. becomes a, a huge problem in our industry in my opinion like in order for sony to to so supposedly this haptic feedback thing in the controller is supposed to be a really big deal when they're saying that, this about the like i remember them saying this about the xbox one controller like this amazing haptic feedback like I don't feel I've ever had anything other than my hands buzzing. Like, I don't... <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. I just remember... I'm no, sure I, I remember I, I this before. I don't know either. I haven't... The thing is, I've not been disclosed on the new consoles. Like, I haven't mm. done the... If we had GDC this year, then I would have gone to a secret clandestine yes. room and, like, played a game and they would have, you know, like... I. But I didn't. So, like, I haven't actually held this controller. Uh, I haven't actually... I don't actually know much about either console, really. I mean, I'm at the end of the day, I'm... I'm not AAA anymore. I'm an indie dev. Nobody's just going to send me shit, right? Yeah. So uh, I I don't know. I've heard the, risp- the whispers that it's mm. supposed to be awesome. But I mean, who knows? Um, uh, and uh, in, at the end of the day, this comes into... I, I feel the same way about... You have a chicken and egg problem. You have this with Stadia. You have this with any new feature, any console that's pushing new exciting shit. Uh, is... Nobody, the biggest franchises, the ones where they put $100 million into development, are not going to do that for a title that's only on one platform. Mm. Um, you have to get your first-party studios to do it. I think this is why Stadia is spinning up first-party studios, uh, because nobody's going to make a game that only leverages Stadia's tech. Nobody's oh, going to make yeah. a game that only leverages... Uh, whatever cool new features on the the PS4, the stuff where you can stream in levels instantly and the haptic feedback for controllers. Mm. Um, also, so in a way, it might be smart that Microsoft is saying, hey, we're just making a box that's similar to your PC. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be interested to see because July is when Microsoft are going to show off their first party stuff. That's going to be the time where they're like, Here's the here's the video games that you're gonna get on Xbox. Like um this be that Xbox One PC, which is now Xbox if you're on Windows, and the Xbox Series X. So I'm I'm a, it, it's gonna be interesting. But yeah, they definitely are going for the like it'll work on your PC just as good. Don't mm. worry about it. <laughs> kind of a thing. Yeah. Well, there's some wisdom to this. The other thing to keep in mind is Microsoft changes strategy every two years. Anyway. Yes. The fuck knows what's going to happen in a year. <laughs> but like, they're, it is, they are going for value proposition at a very smart time when there's a lot of people who are laid off. Mm. Price pressure's a huge problem. Saying like, hey, you t-, and manufacturing these, these consoles is probably non-trivial with things being what they are right now. Um, so supply chains being what they are. So saying, hey, all of our launch lineup will also be on PC uh, and slow rolling the console is not the worst idea. Um, they will yeah. get the hardcore console market that wants to upgrade, but uh, and they'll, they'll make sure that <clears throat> if you are buying a console, their goal right now is to make sure that if you are a person that is going to buy a console, you buy this one instead of, instead of the PS5. Um, but if you are a person that has... Uh, both consoles and a PC. If you have a PC, you can wait. And that seems like a really smart strategy. It seems the value proposition of Game Pass is absurd. It is a very good value. 
Yeah. Oh, I, it, I, I, it is. The value is very good. It's. Uh, they're trying really hard to crowd out the market. It, it's terrifying. Game Pass terrifies me a little bit. Well, a lot. But uh, because if you can pay $5 and play a, a library of indie games, you're still going to go out and you're going to buy the big AAA budget titles that you want independently, but you're probably not going to buy little indie games anymore piecemeal. So I, I think... Yeah, I think the Game Pass is going to kill the the indies in a way. I mean, but it's good in other ways. Yeah, like it funds a lot of stuff. Like, but it's, there's definitely yeah. a case for like I know just from like people on my own Discord and like people like I've seen people say stuff like the sort of mid tier game will come out and it's like that's nah, just going to be on PlayStation Plus in like three months. Don't bother buying it. Yeah. Like, there's no point, because yeah. you'll get it for free in three months. This is definitely no, that kind nobody, of a game. Like, and you're like, oh. Nobody buys, yeah. The mid-tier or indie games, nobody, like the triple I games, nobody buys them full price at launch anymore. Mm. It's like, why would you? Which makes it very difficult to get buzz, and it, it, you can't get that snowball effect you used to get. It, it's, I don't know what to do about this. I think it's just kind of like happening. But yeah, Game Pass is crushing. And I think they'll continue to crash. I think the value proposition is just very good. It is, and they they get they keep signing like in the same way Epic keep giving away kind of big free things. Like you can get Red Dead Redemption Two on Xbox Game Pass at the moment. Like that's a Jesus. a game that's just on there that you can just have. It's like all right, cool. That's yeah. a pretty big game. I still thought it was interesting that fucking that PlayStation Five thing opened with Grand Theft Auto Five. With like nothing, nothing new for it. Just like it's gonna yeah, look I, even better. And it was like this came out on the <laughs> PS3. Like this, <laughs> this video game. I know it's something absurd. Somebody told me the numbers at one point. It is absurd how many people play that game. That game yeah. is beloved around the world. I I don't. It's not my shit. I remember we were talking last podcast and I got a lot of shit for it for saying like, I think the Civ thing is bigger than the PS5 thing. And in my heart, I still believe that because that the Civ thing is aiming right at Steam mm. in my heart, right? But like in reality, more people on Steam are playing that fucking Grand Theft Auto game than are playing Civ. Like it's <sighs> on Steam. And in my mind, I'm like, that's a console game, right? But no, that game's just huge. It's just absurdly huge. Yeah, it, it's it's like I said, it's ridiculous that a game that launched on the PlayStation Three was part of was the opening of Sony's PlayStation Five presentation, <laughs> and it's weird. Like I said, we've no, they weren't even announcing like an expansion; they were just announcing like you're gonna, it's gonna be on it, so don't worry. <laughs> so, all right, <laughs> opening. Well, I mean, people. You have the game that you play, mm. how do I put it? That You have that game that you play as a hobby, right? Like for a long time, it was me with League of Legends, where you come home and it's, I don't have to sit there and think about what to play. I actually miss those days. Like these days after work, I sit and I just scroll through Steam and, you know, the scroll of sadness until sometimes I find a game and then I play it and then it's done and then I have to go back to finding another game. But... Most people have that one game that's like, this is the game I play. And for, sometimes for me, it's Civ, for instance. Like, I, yeah. I'm i like, I know what to do. The workday is over, I boot up Civ. You know, some people it's an MMO, but most people just have that one game. Mm. Um, and that's... That's, that's GTA 5 for a bunch of people. It is. And that's mm. what most of the video game marketplace is, is people playing their one game. mm um, most the the vast majority of consumers just have that one game, and it's easy to forget that from within the indie bubble, you know. True. I best say Destiny Two is probably mine at the moment. Like I just. I think you have a, a wider palette. You play a oh, lot more games. Yeah. Like the I, it's the average one, person, but... a lot of people are hardcore gamers that play two games a year, like they, mm. or maybe three. They've got the one game that they play, and then every now and then they'll pick up a different game for free. <laughs> or you know what i mean yeah. or like oh they're in queue for league of legends and their friends send them this small little like in between game or they've got that the game they play when their friends aren't around so like if their friends are around they'll be playing rocket league but their friends aren't around yet so i guess i'll go play a different game maybe what's on game pass like that's most people yeah oh completely like i said from working in retail i always remember the people that you would see every year 
that would come and get either FIFA or Call of Duty, normally both, whenever they came out. Like, I remember there was a, a couple that, like, to the point where, I guess, because I, I must have been there, like, three years, but I remember, like, on the third year being like, hey, what's up, you guys here, pre-order Call of Duty? That's what I know you from, the one time of year you come in to pre-order Call of Duty, and then you come and get it. Like, that's, like, I recognize you from that. <laughs> Dude, that's funny. Yeah, so, I, that's normal. That's the the standard behavior. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. The and like, I don't want to take too go too long on it, but like, what did you think of how that that box looked? The box? Oh, that um, PS5. I mean, I saw it the way it was presented. I wasn't clear on if it could be turned on its side, but then I saw things later where it could be turned on its side, and I'm like, all right, I just I'll get used to the I'll get used to it. It's whatever. It's a box. It's definitely trying to be a You know, like, I don't really, I don't care. I don't really want my hardware to try to make a statement. (laughs) So it'd be nice if it was, like, less less excited about itself, I think. Mm. But, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah. Like, that was, like, I saw it. I was like, ah. But (laughs) it it was also, like you say, it's a thing that you just go, well, it doesn't make, like, unless it's, like, spiky or, like, really inconvenient. Like, it's not going (laughs) to. It's not really going to be yeah. a problem. It's still a box that can fit under a television, so it's fine. It's definitely... I th- yeah. I thought the same thing I thought when I saw the Xbox. Like, shit, is that going to fit? If yes. it's on its side, will it fit in my thing? I okay. did think that. I was like, hmm. And then they showed it with a controller in front of it, and I was like, oh, all right. It's kind of the depth of a controller, so I can kind of... Yeah, fit. yeah that'll be fine. That'll be fine. <laughs> that'll fit somewhere. So, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, PS5. It, I probably won't get one when it comes out, was the general conclusion I had. and uh, I'm going to try to get a dev kit. <laughs> yeah, see if you can, see if you can get uh, on that. The, the, like I those said, are the, probably expensive. The, the indie games, that those are the ones. All the stuff like Ghostwire and Resident Evil and Hitman and Horizon, back at it well, again. I was like, okay. That's actively a bad thing so when you're a person that makes indie games what you want is to get your indie game somewhere where the triple a games are true or somewhere where they're like because people because nobody's buying a console for the indie games so if they're like no. oh this is the console with all the indie games no the people who are hardcore about the indie games are on pc usually anyway mm. uh there's no like i'm a diehard indie game fan but I'm gonna spend six hundred dollars on primarily. a PS5. <laughs> yeah, like that's not that's I don't know that person. Like I don't I don't see that market personally. Mm. Um, so, but having an indie game somewhere where it's like everybody already has this because they wanted they bought it to buy yes. FIFA, yeah, and they need a game in between FIFA. Like yeah, you want your fucking indie game on that thing. Yeah, right? that was like the so, magic of the 360, I guess. Like we all wanted Halo Three and Call of Duty. Yeah. And then it was like, check it out. There's these other games, and they're like way cheaper than the games you normally buy. It's like, ooh, all right. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So like, I, if it was, if Horizon knocks it out of the park, and everyone's buying the PS4 for, or sorry, the PS5 for Horizon Zero Dawn or whatever, then then it makes sense. Like, yeah, I want my indie game on that platform really mm. badly. Um, but uh, so because I'm, uh, there's a lot here, like. Putting your indie game on a market that's already crowded with other indie games where Sony already has relationships with a lot of these developers and is going to promote the other developers, it's mm. like kind of not do well on the PS4. So I'm a little... Uh, unless you know yeah. somebody at Sony, unless you have a stakeholder there, uh, you're... It's, the discoverability isn't good, and I don't suspect the discoverability will be great on the PS5 either, given unless you have connections at sony yeah personally i don't know i don't know i'm talking about my ass here but like i'm not you mean yeah like i'm i'm lukewarm on that whereas Mm. if you're like i don't know i there's no perfect like there's no perfect win there's there's no perfect place to put your games and stuff like that yeah very true well should we uh wrap this conversation up uh gwen and also yeah. put it to the audience should we do a star trek podcast and yeah yeah don't cut the star 
Trek stuff in the no. beginning. We're just going to leave that. Should we tell people about Should we warn them in like the description? If you don't want to hear way too much skip about Star Trek, skip first like... 14 minutes for just vague <laughs> thoughts about like vague unprepared musings on Star Trek. <laughs> unless, unless you're into that, in which case let us know. We'll do a podcast that is just only Star Trek. Oh my God, that's so much. Like really. like like. What if, if we if, just do it anyways and like uh, fuck the world? Like, I mean, why do we do this? We do this for fun, right? Pretty much. Okay, next week we talk Star Trek. Oh, we should. And like if if we could just make a Patreon and that can be my career, I think I'd I'd be that'd be it. That'd be it for me. <laughs> You'd be like, all right, look. What the Done. world needs is for one person to dive into all of the Star Trek franchises oh, is... and think about it deeply and then talk with them mm. with Gwen once a week about said yeah. said musings. Who yeah, doesn't man, want yeah. that, guys? Come on. Put financially get behind it. <laughs> how long could we run that podcast? Like, how much could we honestly have to say? We will watch every some... episode and talk about it individually. There's uh, hundreds and hundreds of episodes of Star Trek. There is a lot of Star Trek. Yeah, right? That's what yeah. I'm saying. Okay. You could go deep with that. You know, if, if, if your career depended on it. What if we made a podcast that was hilarious, but we like dive way too into like reading do you know how when how do you put it you know how film critics will like read way too into a movie sometimes yes. or they'll, they'll do like deep studies and write like a dissertation on mm. a movie where they're they're coming up with all kinds of the they're just they want to make a statement they want to make the movie to be about a lot more than it actually is <laughs> yes. they want to read a lot into it what if we did that but like on each episode of Star Trek. So, each episode, so like, we could go, oh, like, what yeah. are these, what do these weird little gerbil things mean about society? You know, like, what, what if we just? Mm. You could. I'm telling Squeak you, squeak noises mostly. This is Star Trek yeah. we're talking about as well, and but you like know. as satire. Like, what if we did it as satire? <laughs> Jesus. Like, like, what if we really level. fucking? Yeah, like, I mean, what if we? What if the podcast is about? us talking about Star Trek, but it's actually about how absurd film critics are. And we just, <laughs> we just take it to like 11 and then we take it to 12, like every episode of Star Trek. What if we did that? I would do that. I would do that <laughs> with you. If, does the world want this? I, I mean, maybe I, we should. Look, hmm. if anyone does want that, cause that's like a, that's a layer of work, like on top of the watching the Star Trek um, and the thinking about it, you've also got to then add a meta layer of humor. So if people are into uh, that, you tell me, and I'll we'll do it. <laughs> um, but do you really want it? Think about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think the world wants that, man. All right, I'd be well, into it. into it too. All right, that's the end of this podcast. This has been Gwen Frey and Chris Slight. And you've been in the dialogue box.